Hello, everyone, and welcome in to episode 38 of the Fused Relativity Podcast. Uh, 38 is actually a funny number to me because when I first met Kirk, he made the joke that 38 is snowman and half a snowman. <laughs> and I think that that's awesome. <laughs> that would have been a much better title, Chris. Oh uh, yeah. Well, and it's half a snowman and sn- thirty-eight. You, you screwed it up. No, that was, but that's yeah. Half. Oh, a so it just popped into my head, Kirk, and I, I ran with it. What can I say? But it Part- fits. No, no, yeah. that was old school. Yeah. So anyway, episode thirty-eight, uh, Friday night. Hope everybody is doing well. John, how are you doing this evening? Been a busy week, but good. Definitely a busy week. I can vouch for that. Yes, amen. Kirk or drum solo? I just thought, well, I just, who doesn't like a drum solo? You know what I mean? Like, who, you know, there, it's a weekend. It's fun. It's been a while since you've heard a good drum solo. So I just threw that out there. Uh, I'm doing good. I didn't have to bartend. So today, so I'm, I'm feeling uh, nice and loose and rested. So, what are we talking about? Like, well, a real quick story. I, I took before the show, I took, I went to a, a local bar, little brewery, and I took Shoop with me. And I had two beers, which takes about an hour, you know, half hour of beer, you know, good pacing. But uh, in an hour's time, do you guess how many people Shoop got food from? I'm going to say hers is about one every. 10 minutes so i'm gonna say six <laughs> close four four people in the, that span like she's like a, a hustler she just like this little old lady who had a ziploc bag for her dog that she sits she brings to the bar with she's like no nope, you're giving me most <laughs> of that oh like it was just and i'm like you could tell her no if you wanted to but it's gonna be easier if you just, <laughs> if you just fork over the food lady you know, it's kind of yeah. like, look, you know, like she's not going to, she's not going to bite you, but um, she's going to persist. So if you can, if you can stay, I don't believe in feeding my dog. So if you can live with that. Um. <laughs> when I go, Kirk, when I go to the, uh, when I go to restaurants, I've adopted the same uh, theory. I walk over to random people's cheeseburgers and just stare at it until they get uncomfortable and hand it to me. Eventually they'll wear down. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, all right. I mean, with you, the drool and the, the, let's not talk about the smell. They can't even eat. They, they, they the stomach is turned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John. Real quick, I had a medical. Uh, I learned something medical. I want to see if you know it. Do you know the medical term uh, for when an elephant has a cold? Do you know? Do you know? What no it's clue. It's called uh, lots of junk in the trunkitis. <laughs> lots of, ch- and in, in that same vein, a friend told me he saw a lady with lots of junkyard dogs in her trunk, and I just I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, was it frightening or she was just mad hot? You know, <laughs> it seems like it's it's scary. It's going to attack you. So, your guys' thoughts? I don't like uh, either of uh. Not, you know. All right. I'm going to stay away from elephants with colds, one. See, and and then 
the, that's the, a touchy subject. That's a hot <laughs> button. That's they'll blow up Twitter. They'll have to shut it down. The funny thing is, is, and I'm probably wrong on this because you know accuracy. But the uh, the rhinovirus <laughs> is, you know, cause of most uh, colds. Yeah, cold. Yeah, common colds. <laughs> so when you were like elephant with a cold, I was like, it's technically rhinovirus. <laughs> It's setting. It's the trunk. That's the trunk I, connection. Doesn't I work know. With rhino. All right. I, I, I like your wit there, though, John. Elephants got rhinovirus. It's all confused. <laughs> Doesn't know what's happening. Uh, okay. So what? What? Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? There's there. That's you know what? That's it. That's end of intro. Now on to the show. Well. To start things off, I came across a story this week that I found particularly interesting, and I don't know uh, if you you guys have ever heard of the story. I'm, I know you've heard of it, but Valiant Thor. There's a reason it, it's not mis mismarked or mislabeled in the I labeled Valiant Thor on purpose. It's a verbal joke. Is someone calling you out on it? Is there a... No, no, no. I, I just want to clarify that okay. the reason it's we've titled this Valium Thor is because that's my thoughts on the matter, and, and Kirk gave me the great uh, pun. So, all right. Valiant Thor was an interesting story from the Eisenhower days. So uh, this is a little hard to be anything other than a story because we're talking... 50, was it late 50s? So, yeah, Eisenhower's 50s, yeah. Yeah. So, essentially, the story goes that this guy was found in a field in Virginia, and when the police show up, he speaks to them telepathically and tells them that he needs to talk with the president immediately. And the story is that. <clears throat> For some reason, they took took him to see the president, and Eisenhower agreed to meet with him without any hesitation, and the guy revealed that he was from Venus, and that his mission on Earth was to bring peace amongst everyone so that we would not use nuclear weapons and destroy the planet. Right. I he, I think he just he was he that was the first ever jam band show. And that guy was just like that's my theory. He just stumbled it, it, upon it and he was just loving everybody and he's like, "You know what, Mr. President? I'm from Venus. I figured this out. Let's get rid of the nukes. They're bad." See, and this this it, it's funny because if you search the Valiant Thrower, the the first result, the top result is a band. Um is it really? Yes. <laughs> yes, it actually is. It's the, a psychedelic the, the second part out. was, uh, that's not even true. He didn't say he was from Venus. He said he was from what the planet your Bible calls the morning and evening star. Because I, I just happened to pull up the Wikipedia page to look. Which is why I, I immediately, I, I started reading this. I got to the point where I was like, oh, it was an evangelical. I, I, I flubbed that word completely. Right. Well, and, and not for like, and I'm, I'm, I, I read a lot of presidential history books, and I, there's this, I've, I went through a 600 page book about Eisenhower, 
and none of this was came up and it was very detailed very thorough by scholarly guys and like if this would have anywhere somewhat close to happen somebody would have noticed you know the, oh the deep state right somebody have heard about this because it's the guys hold up for several weeks and so i mean i don't know just... yeah and i mean like i said look this is a conspiracy theory of types and nobody really knows if it happened or not so that's but I a no. Found it, <laughs> I, found, I found it to be fairly interesting. It's just one of those, like... Kind of what-ifs? Yeah, it's just a story that can't be proven one way or the other, but it's fun to think about, for me anyway, because it, you know, they talked about his spacesuit, which... All right, now this was the one thing I did find off, was that it, apparently it was, like, coveralls, essentially... Space coveralls, right? Yeah, space coveralls. Yeah, he's from Venus. But they were like acidic. super, really light, right? Like there was no weight, but it was like bulletproof or something, or flame retardant, or yeah. Scotch, so it had Scotch Guard something. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, so apparently, uh, the government did a bunch of tests on the spacesuit while he was here, and it was completely indestructible. They tried lasers. They tried heat they tried cutting it and they could not quote unquote they could not uh damage the spacesuit do you think you go oh. lasers first i mean do you, I mean, if you're the military when like at a certain point bullets would you just like stretch it out and take it to the the firing range and just kablam it well that's what i would do but i'm sure they did it in steps you know see the laser wasn't even invented until the 1960s so you think it mainly just fucks with cats and, and some <laughs> most dogs. <laughs> so I, I, I will take, I, I understand where you're going with this and it, and it's more the, the concept of, Hey, this was about, you know, not nuking each other, which I get that that's a logical statement, but then you have things like the flat earth group that sit there and they say, you know, Earth is flat, yada, yada, yada. And in the concept, the whole point of the Flat Earth Society was the fact that the Earth used to be, everyone used to think the Earth was flat, and when it was proven that it was round, the Flat Earth thing was like, hey, you know, this isn't, what you know isn't necessarily the right thing. Always keep testing and looking and doing and that's why, you know, we found out that the Earth was round. It was more of a don't let things that we know stay, you know, static. Challenge don't, don't, don't rest on your laurels. Keep exploring. Keep yes. going to the next thing. Don't go, okay, keep we figured it all out. We can stop. And we're done. Yeah, keep experimenting. Stuff like that. But then people took it into the literal sense of, aha, the, the Earth is flat. And it always kind of jumps that way because with conspiracy theories, and I jumped a, down a little bit of a rabbit hole with this, but apparently there's a conspiracy theory out there now where p people still think the Earth is hollow and it somehow houses celestial bodies. So Godzilla, yeah. That was yeah. a fun movie. I, I like that movie. It was a good one. 
Well, clearly, who doesn't know? I mean, that's scientifically proven. Let's just go on. I mean, Godzilla and, you know, Andre the Giant are living in the center of the Earth that's hollowed out. Uh, Need we discuss it more? I mean, there's this is my problem with conspiracy. Like, I love good conspiracy, but they've gotten weird. Well, and of course, I mean, weird. Yeah, let's well, define that because they're all weird. But the extreme right has taken over a lot of the, the conspiracy like avenues, though. Well, and... but you can look at before you say that you can look at some conspiracy theories that have actually been proven. And so not all conspiracy theories are completely insane. Like the MK Ultra, that was proven. So when you look at those type of scenarios, people well, started those as a conspiracy theory, and then they were eventually conceded as being true. Well, yeah, sometimes you hit the lottery. Every, every once in a while, you leave a casino with a little more money in your pocket. I mean, it does happen, but well, and the government percentages are against it. Yeah, I mean, government-based ones likely have a bit of, you know, potential to them. It's just that I don't know. I that the fact that one of the first sentences with the the valiant Thor one was like, oh, it was an evangelical preacher. I'm like, well, I'm not saying that it was it wasn't hokey. Trust me, I'm not the. Well, I mean, I'm about as skeptical as they get. But well, here's my thing with it. It it, it sounds like yes, I I agree. It was the whole you know let's not nuke each other, which is fine. Um, it was the, the, when the aliens start preaching about God is when you kind of start losing me. Well, my first thought was, isn't Venus inc solely in his inhospitable? So yes, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing is it's, it's <sighs> high pressure, high acid. We've done a video on it. it it's like. But what about the we're ta you were talking about uh, like Mars? Maybe there it's underground. Maybe well, they figure out a way well, to live underneath here's, it. Here's and that's perfect, Kirk. Because John, this was going to be my tie-in that I hadn't proposed to you yet. But this is what got me thinking, right? So it ties back into what you were saying about never stop looking. And I started thinking about Mars, right? Because there's lots of conspiracy theories about Mars. And one thing that we've talked about on the show is if we were to go to Mars and become a, a you know, to have a commune on Mars, you, you think that the best way to do that would be to go underground, correct? I didn't say the best. I said the safest would be to go underground. Okay. So... What are the, the most odds? practical? The most practical. Yeah, yeah practical. If you, to say, if you want to save lives. This is the safest way to do it. Well, Starting it, out. And what I, my thought was this: Why, if we're thinking that, what are the odds that on Mars right now there are living beings underneath the ground? Well, here's the thing. Here's I, I understand that. So this is a conspiracy that I can get behind because it is one that is being proven more and more potentially factual. And that is the fact that life is not as easy or the whole myth was life is extremely hard and Earth was one of the few places that, you know, it propped up. 
right. which is why very we, special circumstances. Yeah. It's, it's very specific, but you're saying but, no. Well, it's just the more and more that comes out, like we've detected potential life on Venus in the upper atmospheres. We've detected, you know, we know that there are plenty of moons or at least one specific moon around. Which one is it? There's so many of them. Is it? It's not Titan. Uh, don't know, Chris. Well, uh, Titan. I are you talking about Titan? One with water. Io, Europa. Well, but so Evian. There is liquid water on Mars. They've proven this. They have video of it seeping out of the the ground. Not not video, but pictures depicting it. Um, there are ice caps on Mars that would potentially lead to the fact that there is liquid water at least somewhere underneath the ice caps, just like with, you know, there's liquid water under Antarctica. Just because it's frozen doesn't mean further down it's frozen. You know, there, there is the potential that there is water. Potential and, water. Yeah. And if there's potential water, that means there's potential life. So what but, you're saying is that potentially there could be living beings underground on Mars. We would just have to look for them. Yeah. They're not and, going to be super... That, so, I get what you're... Like, they're not going to be super advanced. You're not going to go and potentially find the super advanced colonized things that are living off the ice. We would potentially have detected them by now. What they're likely going to find are single-cell, possibly multi-cell organisms that have somehow converted and survived in caverns near the ice lakes, potentially, of Mars. Okay, so pale, weird, worm-like things that live in caves and can, you know, on no sunlight and dark, that kind of, the bottom well, of the ocean floor kind of creatures, uh, odd yeah, things. which would make sense because we've, there's potential proof that, you know, Mars was had liquid water and it had it was set up very similar to Earth and then things happened that made it geo geographically inactive and got rid of the you know, the magnetosphere and all of that. That all left, which meant all the atmosphere left, which meant you know, there's not it's just dead. Not dead. So but... my conspiracy theory that evolved in the end was wouldn't it be fairly simple to outfit a rover with a ground-penetrating radar or some sort of ability to look into the surface of Mars and find anything that may or may not be living? Sort of doing an yes, ultrasound. No. Doing an ultrasound on the planet, essentially. Well, yeah. it's They're already kind of doing this. Uh, which is the one that was taking uh, seismic readings? There's one that's on the planet that's taking seismic readings, trying to to do the the foreign stuff. Snagglepuss. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I'm just saying, with the amount of technology but, that we so, have here on Earth, here's the the problem, for, from my understanding. And, and again, we are not specialists in this. Just mildly interested uh um, so the biz the business cards i printed up are just nonsense <laughs> I, should, I should throw those away i can't use those so the big thing with sending stuff to the glaciers on mars and everything is contamination we don't want to send a bunch of equipment to 
areas that may potentially have life that potentially has life on it. Um, that's why a lot of the places that we send our equipment are kind of like, you know, low risk. There, that's why there hasn't been a mission specifically to the caps, the ice caps. So we're extra sensitive to stamping it out because like when we came to the U.S., we weren't particularly like we're being extra sensitive, it seems. Well, and, but what what are going to be the impacts of us touching down? Well, and, and that's here's the thing. Like if we were to send something up. And it was like, oh, yeah, no, there's no life here. We, we can't find anything. And then we send a man mission up, and they survey the same area, and they're like, oh, shit, there's tons of life here. Um, what's to prove that it is native Martian life versus Earth life? Something we brought with us that yes. just kind of hitched that, a ride. And... and then found a way to survive and replicate and go crazy. That's the but the thing is is it found a way to survive and it's it's flourishing. So what's the difference? I mean, it's more the contamination aspect. Like if you were so, you've seen how how bad some of these conspiracies go in the the realm of politics and stuff. Like if if there was a shadow of a doubt and they said, hey, we found life on Mars, there's a very 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 slim chance it could have been from Earth. People that would be extremely against the fact that there is now life on a different planet are going to hinge on that fact that it was a there was that small sliver of a chance, and they're going to use that to discredit the fact that there is now life on Mars. So you're saying like a re religion wouldn't be able to deal with life on other planets, and well, so they would. That's if you look at a lot of the theories, that's the reason why that aliens haven't been or, you know, released or shown or, I mean, look at men in black, you know, I, and I, I say this, but it's, it's in fact in, you know, it's a poignant point from the movie. You know, when they say that a person is smart, but people are dumb and panicky. It may, it trends. Well, like, and I think, Going to that point, I think if there was any evidence of aliens, it is best that we don't know about it, just because people couldn't as a whole handle that. Yeah, but also, also, if there was life on Mars, there's no chance that they would release that information. It's too doctored. Eh. Is it just, is this, is this such a distrust of the government has built up that even See, if they release stuff, you'd like, well, they're not really give. they're giving us the filtered version. It's not the, the CIA is, you know, I don't a certain believe point that. Is it, you just don't, you don't believe anything. Because they've, they've given that they've, if that was the case, they wouldn't say anything about water being found on Mars or water being found in the atmosphere of Venus or, you know, water on planets or the moons. It's. I think it's more the, the fact that, you know, there is a definite, like, kid, I don't want to say kids' gloves, but. Well, now if, if, if your brain is programmed for religion, it seems like it already knows the answer, so it'll find a way to wrap around to make it make sense in its own, you know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, so it'll just, oh, well, it was, of course, there was life there because it was transported by the boot of the guy, and ha, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. No matter what, if it's true or not. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, if you look at some of the theories surrounding, like, the UAP and the, the UAP report and how, you know, over the last 
few 10 years or so, they've been releasing more and more and they're opening up about, you know, hey, we'll start reporting this stuff and stuff like that. The the one of the big theories I heard was that, you know, it was that they are conditioning us to being used to see, you know, hearing about uh, aliens so that when, you know, they finally come out and be like, yeah, that's not a you know, that's that's not from planet Earth. People don't go, oh, holy shit, you mean there's aliens? There's, it's more of a, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Give people six months, they'll deal with it. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, if, especially if they look like Elf, they'll love it. It'll be fun. <laughs> but I think as a collective, Kirk, it's, it's, it's something that would potentially be game-changing as far as if there were aliens. Now, we're not saying aliens in the sense of Mars attacks where they're going to come down and kill everybody but we haven't had in, you know whatever encounters that we've had haven't been uh there's no like video evidence on a camera phone of an alien you know but i still think that people as a whole would not be able to handle it very well and that's why they're keeping it under wraps if that's the case I think just people seem like they're programmed to hate people they don't know. Hey, you're from a different country. You're from a different state. You're from a different planet. Oh, I really hate you. It's just like this based in just, oh, yeah. I don't know. It, they Maybe they're nice. Uh, unless, Not to be hippy-dippy. Maybe they're unless, nice. They'll unless, bring a pie. They'll bring a, they'll bring a pie and everything will be fine. Unless they bring the iPhone 20 and then people will be like, oh. You're all right. That would be no. That would be the worst thing they could do to society. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they really everybody. You know what? Out. No more going outside. Everybody look at their. No more eye contact. Thank you, aliens, for just crushing eye contact. So, oh, I had a train of thought and I've lost it. And I took you down a road that you didn't expect to go down because the conspiracy theory stuff it piques my interest because it's fascinating. No, and I agree, and that's why I I followed a lot of them and, you know, paid attention to some of them. It's just that they've gone off the rails as of late. It's like a soap opera. Occasionally they get a little too dramatic and like, okay, that's not Well, no, it's that very... they they've gone political. And that's the problem. It's like if you look back before 2015, there there was a subreddit that was dedicated to just conspiracies and it was, you know, the typical conspiracies, like there's lizard men and all of this other stuff. Now, if you were to go there, it's just political stuff. It's the algorithm. That's what gets, that's what gets the clicks. That's what gets the eyeballs. Even, even the national choir, the trashy, like it's just going political. Cause that's our WWF wrestling. That's what's happening. Right? I, I I've heard this theory too. <laughs> the uh, the problem is is that the conspiracies are easy to latch on to, no matter what they are, and so politics is a hot topic, and it's easy to latch conspiracy onto that, especially to try and paint a negative picture in one way or the other. Oh, right. I, this happened because of this. They passed, and then thus this happened. Though thus this caused it. So boo that guy. Yep. Ironically, I think it's going to be self-correcting eventually. But yeah, it, it's 
I, I do kind of wish there was more thought-provoking theories. Like, like this. Like, when you were trying to bring up Valiant Thor, like, I was going to talk about how, you know, it the, the whole Christianity thing and how, you know, aliens that are preaching the word of God probably aren't aliens. But, you know, it would be more, like, Well, and I I was focusing more on the aspect of where can a conspiracy theory take you? Specifically, yeah. like, um, they had a... One of the conspiracies I looked into was Project Gladio, which was some something about the government burying munition stockpiles in... Um, I think Italy as part of one of the world wars. Anyway, they did their best to try and denounce it. But I think everybody's come to the consensus that it was, it was probably something that actually happened. Yeah. Well, and it's hard. Like the more you hear about the military, just see, like I'm, I'm reading a, like just they go, they will, there's never a problem you could present to the military. Well, they'll, they'll go, we can't do that. They'll work at it. And even though it's infeasible or it's just not practical, they think they can crack it. If you just, they work at it, which I don't know. Well, seems a and, little uh, arrogant, a little unhealthy. And one of the other ones, John, I, I, I wish I could remember which base it was, but there's a, an old decommissioned base that's hidden away somewhere and it's, it's been inactive for years and years and it's abandoned yet. Anybody that anytime anyone tries to go there to videotape stuff, they get run off by armored vehicles. But it's stuff like that, that I, I can potentially lend like the government does do some shady shit and there is definitely programs that the government is hiding that they're currently working on. This is, this is not, I mean, look how well they hid, uh, 51 and the skunk works. Like it, it's, was it a, you know, massive thing? Yeah. Because the SR 71 was, you know, and still is probably one of the most unique aircraft that has ever flown. But I, I don't know. I'm sure you remember some of our uncle's uh, stories, right? Sure. Like, he had one that... The one that popped to mind when you were talking about this was he was driving between here and Utah. He was behind a convoy. Uh, convoy turns a corner. He turns it just a little bit later, and the convoy's gone. And he's just in the middle of the mountains. Peyote. <laughs> well and so yes there's but it's i don't know i guess when i start to listen to these conspiracy theories and stuff i think i get lost in it myself because i start to imagine like what if this were the case and what is the government hiding and do aliens exist? Could they be under the surface of Mars? It's a fun oh, rabbit hole to jump down see, if you're open-minded about it. I remember the thought I was going to do now. And yes, I agree. <laughs> I remember the thought. Shut up. Anyway, go <laughs> ahead. 
no, no, no. I was just going <laughs> to, it, it was more of my, you know, typical wonderful bubbly personality. Um, the thing with the whole alien thing is if, if they exist, they are either just watching us like a zoo and that's the, the only outcome. So they're either exist and they're watching us or they don't exist and we haven't found them yet. Because the alternative is, is if they were really like mili militaristic like most movies make them out to be, we'd already be dead. Oh, totally. If they wanted, to, if if a, if a race was that advanced, they would have already taken us over if they wanted our yeah planet. What 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 about this idea? I mean, like conspiracy theories like this. It's like it's fun. It seems like it, it scratches a mental itch. It gives your brain something to work on and to think about and to puzzle out. It's so if it's in the hobby fun activity phrase, it's fine, but. When the people get addicted and it envelops their life, then it gets out of control. That's when things get a little nutty. And that's the yeah. downside. Well, it can yeah, get control the likes and the endorphins and the so, thing and the screen time. Yeah, I, I have a personal story with this. It was someone that I worked with for years when I first started working with them. Completely fine, level-headed. Um, then I think some sort of event happened. Like there's the theory that the uh, this one I I kind of believe is that there was a squirrel that chewed some cables at the Hadron Collider. Remember that? No. Yes, of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> sorry, I'm looking it up. So, uh, oh, sorry, not not squirrel, weasel. So the, oh. the theory was that the weasel shut down the Hadron Collider by chewing some cables, and that, you know, the Hadron Collider was potentially shifting us into an alternate reality. But, point remains, he fell down that rabbit hole of, you know, just conspiracies. Like, I, I'm almost convinced he didn't think space was real, and I don't know if it was because of Flat Earth or something else. But it, It's just amazing the power of the algorithm. Your screen repeatedly showing you things that are going to anger you and keep you looking at it it just keeps feeding you that and that's all you then that's all you think and but, then that's that's your reality yeah it just it was it it got to the point where i couldn't talk to him because it was just right. like no. it was non-stop it was oh this conspiracy or this conspiracy or you know 5g towers or i was like oh just stop Right. And if, if there's like, if you can't have a conversation, if you, there's not a, like, we agree on these certain facts. If we don't agree on you, you're just talking back and forth. You know what I mean? Like you're just blah, 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 blah. But if you can't agree, like this is the color blue, it's nonsense. Well, and the other, the other thing that I get a kick out of John is thinking about like uh, some of the smart people who have come through the ages Going back to like Newton and Aristotle, Einstein, Stephen Hawking, all of these guys who have just like brain powers that the average person can't even fathom. Sometimes I think those guys are aliens, you know, just looking back at like, how do they know what they know and how are they that smart? They got dropped off or someplace. I've heard that. No, a lot of like some Jimi Hendrix was an alien drop down just to, sh to show us a different way to play music. I've heard that theory. Like, you know, there's like this guy is 
off the charts. Nobody it just all when he came after him, stuff changed. It's not a bad theory. Men in Black, I think, had that one because it wasn't Elvis a uh, an alien. I distinctly remember that. Yeah, yeah it seemed to be. Know. He'd be like you know Sinatra, like they're just those weird cats. They were just kind of like out there. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's interesting to think about though. I just I like going down that rabbit hole, but I also know I'm level headed enough to come out of the rabbit hole and not lose too much sleep over it. Here's okay. the thing that really got me with the uh, the stuff was that uh, how let me ask you this: if you were to believe that aliens existed, how could you not believe that people have gone to space? Wait, what? So that was part of my my issue was he believed aliens were real. But we had not gone to space. Oh, I'm assuming you're talking about your coworker. Yeah. That you yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Well, here's a better conspiracy. I I just wanted to bring that up since I was thinking about it. But the conspiracy that I had that I came up with, and it, and it kind of fits, and it kind of I tied it into a few things. But Russia has now twice accidentally fired stuff or rockets engines on the uh iss and then this week they have blown up a satellite that was in a potential orbit of the iss like are they purposely trying to take it out of the sky well they 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 still have a couple of their own guys on there right or there's no russian okay it seems like they wouldn't sacrifice their own it's russia though it's they're cold hearted. Yeah, I mean, like Sputnik, they they shot a dog and the the dog I, didn't come back alive. Are they? I think they might be the only ones that have lost someone in space. Well, and the theory is is they're they're trying to work with what China now on a new space station. Well, they're trying to. Uh, China doesn't really care. Well, and that's the thing is, there's this whole thing that. China and Russia are like BFFs. They hate each other. They've always hated each other. The only thing that's uh, keeping them in, you know, a we're 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 kind of friends is that they all hate the West. Right. They both they they like the color red. Both of them. They're bonded yes. with that. They fight over that. Yeah. They both they. You know, I want to wear red. No, I'm wearing red. But I could see that the conspiracy theory, uh, specifically with Russia doing all this crazy stuff that's against the ISS, uh, simply to maybe push it back, you know, just to like, oh, this thing's falling apart up. I guess our space station's going to have to go up now. It could happen, you know, just to be a power play. Well, and do do we just need like a villain? Like it's easy to have Russia as a villain. It's like that, you know, it worked well in the eighties in the Cold War, so it's just familiar. It's like, you know, it's well, the, they're doing uh, it to the themselves. Grave digger versus whoever. It's yeah. It's and not it even could... like it's so they blew up one of their own satellites, which it it's controversial, but America and China and you know, they we've all done it. Not to say it was better or anything, the difference being 
is that when the Wait, US... when, you, when, you say, when you say they blew it up, does that mean they did it on purpose, like it was old and archaic, and they were just getting rid they of it? They shot a rocket they... at it, yes. Yeah, they, okay, they, so they, purposely... they took it out purposely. Yes. This is, yes. We don't need this. No. What about that? It was just it was out of date, and we don't need this no more. The What's wrong with problem that? is is it is in an orbit that is relatively high, um, and when you blow up something like that, it takes one trackable object and turned it into upwards of fourteen, fifteen hundred. So the the shrapnel, be, yes. it might take out any if anything's close. Well, it, it can it, pepper it's, somebody. It, it's the theory that, you, and this is where I, people were wrong. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, ethically, it's wrong. If you were going to take out a satellite and you you were just trying to prove concepts of something then you would pick one that wasn't going to potentially hit the ISS. Well, and you, you know, just do one way lower, because if it was in a much lower altitude, the debris burns up quickly. This could take years and years for the debris to eventually deorbit. So they could have moved this satellite, like we could have like, hey, no. program it to come down lower, lower, lower to a lower altitude, and then it wouldn't have been an issue. It was dead. It wasn't moving on its own. Ah. In 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 uh, layman's terms, Kirk, it was a dick move. Yes, but could have the, been done better. Okay. The thing that I saw that kept pissing me off was that everyone was like, "Oh, this is uh, Kessler syndrome. This is this is the start." It's I'm like that's that's not Kessler Explain syndrome. Kessler syndrome, John. Yeah, I hope I'm saying it right too. Um, it is where okay, I am. It is where there is a orbital. There's a debris field in orbit that prevents any rockets or anything from leaving the planet. Now, this satellite is in such an orbit that the gravity will eventually pull everything back and it will end up back in Earth's atmosphere, burning up. Um, that's, that's not the issue. The issue is it could you know, potentially take years and years and years. Uh, the th thing with the Kessler syndrome is that the the field is well above the gravitational pull and it just starts taking out like all of the geosynchronous satellites just start getting taken out and there's just this massive field of debris that you just can't get a ship through without heavy damage that is Kessler syndrome this satellite is nowhere near causing that but it caused massive problems for Starlink and shit like that and the ISS Absolutely. Could it potentially end the ISS? Absolutely. Is yeah, it? Yeah, they're trying to get rid of the ISS anyway. So. Well, I it's yeah, it's slated to be done in a couple years. The thing that it's the biggest thing is these debris and this debris cloud could in, potentially impact orbital launches, like if a you know. Well, the, the speed at which these things are going is ridiculous. And when you have something, if you're just unlucky enough and you have your spacecraft that intersects that path, which is extremely unlikely to begin with, but if it did, the spacecraft would be gone. There would be a hole the size of, you know. So these things are going fast. These spaceships cannot drive 55. Is that yeah, what I'm it's, hearing? it's... Think of like, you know, you're throwing a baseball at 20,000 miles an hour. You know, that baseball 
is going to go that's, through. That's going to blow out your elbow. That's going to you're going to get the Tommy John surgery. But it's going <laughs> to put a hole through anything you throw at it, steel, whatever. It's just going to go straight through it. That's the same with these little pieces of metal and plastic and shit that is up in space right now. It's going so fast that if it intersects with something, the damage is going to it's just going to go in and out. Well, I've heard like with the amount of new satellites being introduced, like there's uh, they're, they're terming like space junk. I've heard that term before. Like there's just stuff floating around, like and you think no big deal, but if it's whipped in the atmosphere going that fast and it hits you, it's kind of I a get, game changer. This this is where I kind of like I I think it's an issue, but it's not an issue. We we've had this talk before where you know space is massive. Like at the altitude that they're the ISS is at. It's it's the Earth's surface times like a hundred. So the chance of you, you know, potentially running into something, you could have millions of satellites out there and you could still, you know, fly through without ever risking hitting anything. There's so much space, you're good. Yeah. The the problem is when you when you blow up something like this, you create a cloud of shit you can't track that could potentially have problems because they don't know where it all went. I mean, there's a good, they'll probably model most of it and get a good, like, hey, Yeah, this. come on, some 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 space nerds got some math projection or they have an idea where this stuff will float, though, and I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, but that's that all it'll be. It'll be this yellow zone of be wary because there could be shit in this that could you know, punch a hole straight through your skull and you would never feel it. All right. That's like a traffic report. Avoid these areas. Take, uh, take Sepulveda. Yeah. Don't cut over on, uh, you know, Colfax. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of rocket launches, John, let's uh, transition over real quick. Uh, I did want to talk about this evening that SpaceX is planning the first full orbital launch of Starship in January. Oh, they pushed it back. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen because the EPA uh, report was set to finalize, like, beginning of the year. Well, these bastards just pick... I'm tired of making a cake every time and being disappointed. <laughs> you know how many cakes I've made? It's bullshit. Can we well, get, get it together? In, I'm wasting cakes. Yeah, and, and in fairness, Kirk, uh, hold off on the cake because Elon said that even though this, they want to try for the Starship 20 to get into orbit, they're very cons not concerned necessarily, but he's under the impression it's not going to go well. Well, oh. I mean, they've only had one successful landing. They've never flown. That That's the thing. That's a PR or PR play is he's going to say, hey, this probably isn't going to go well because, you know, new technology and they did this all throughout the landings and all of this it's like they always put a very high hey this probably isn't going to work we're going to try it but it, we don't think it's going to work and then when it works they're like oh yeah we didn't we didn't expect it to work at all well it is like it's there's it there's a bit of a show going on like he seems like you know pt barnum He's putting on a show. He's titillating. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this may not work, but like, he knows. I, it just it seems like he's just stoking interest to keep it, you know, going. Like, it seems like he's a he's got he's he's the modern version of the traveling circus. 
Am I anybody else? Yeah. It, it it's it's PR. He's saying, well, and the other flip side is how many people are going to turn up and watch if he were to say, oh, no, this should work completely fine. We'll have no issues. Or if he says, yeah, there's a good chance it's just going to explode. Well, and it's kind of a good deniability factor, too, right? Well, it's probably not going to go well. Okay. So if you lay that out there ahead of time and something bad happens, people aren't disappointed. You're lowering Whereas, expectations already. Correct. Yeah. So if it goes well, people will be like, hey, it worked. But if it goes poorly, people will already know ahead of time. It's like when somebody tells you this is a horrible movie and you see it like, that wasn't that bad. But when people go, this is the movie's amazing. It sucked. You know what I mean? Same thing. <laughs> yes. Or it's like, hey, you should hear this new band. And then you listen to it and it's terrible. Right. Yeah, I'm like, eh, not for me. But also in Elon news, John, I saw that a couple of emails that were released to the uh, employees. Did you see that? I did not. Uh, it was kind of funny. So Elon sends out emails to the employees. And the first one says, hey, everybody, it's cool. You guys can listen to music while you work. Uh I don't see a problem with music. If you like it, if your coworkers like it, blast some tunes. Sounds pretty, you know, nice, right? Sure. And then he follows it up by, uh, if anybody else has any uh, ideas for how to make the workday better, please forward them to me. Uh, I want to make sure that you're happy to come to work for, I think it was Tesla. I would assume Tesla. Yeah, he's, oh, wow. he's like, so anything that you can think of that would help out your, your make your workday better, please let me know. Let's, let's prevent that union from ever forming. That, yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the uh, you know, like, every, oh, we want, and then you do everything to fight unions and not give them decent pay. You know what I mean? Where it's just kind of like, shut up. You're, it's, it's wearing thin. Like, it's, it seems like it's on its last nerve a well, little bit. Where, think... Like, you're not even trying. I think the fact that John Deere and the whole Keebler strikes have shown that things can be different. Well, John Deere went very, back to work. But the very next day, which makes it even more ironic, is he sent out an email to everybody at Tesla that said, uh, basically, if you have you have three responses to something that I tell you to do, it can be you're wrong, and here's why. Uh, oh crap! I lost it. it. You're you're right. If you want, probably yes, sir, or I'll grab my stuff and leave. Yeah, there because was. There, 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 yeah, people do. I think they isolate themselves in the bubble where if every if no one ever tells you anything but yes, sir, I think you kind of almost become drunk with power. You know what I mean? Like where you lose touch with the common person. Right, and essentially, uh, it came back to like at the end of the email, it came back to. Any manager who does not follow through on those three options will be immediately asked to resign. 
oh, he'll get a verbal warning and then a written one. Ah, I don't know. That, that, like, that seems like corporate shenanigans. That's never it, go prove that they'll be follow through on that. I mean, not to be, I hate to be negative and shitting on it, but like, whatever. Like, it's just like a empty words. But he did say in his, if you know, he was like, prove to me that it's not correct uh, and that I'm wrong because I'm more, I'm off been wrong about things that seems healthy that yeah. i like that you know what i mean because like they say you yeah like if you think you know everything then you never learn so it's like hey if you can prove there's a better way i i don't care where the good idea comes from i like good ideas that seems to be a healthy attitude well stainless steel and mechazilla are a good uh well yeah he's not shy of adapting things that save him money if it works it works right that seems good since we're think so. talking about capitalism. Oh, Jesus. We're not talking about capitalism. I told you no. <laughs> What's uh, your fix? What's your fix, John? I, I'll give you to... like four minutes. I don't even need that. It's, it's simple. No multi-state retail or uh, fast food or, you know, company. Huh? So only local businesses? Yeah. Like well, no, not necessarily local, just, you know, not out of the state. Because if you think about it, how many Walmarts are all across the, the U.S.? And almost all of that profit goes to the Waltons who live in what? Alabama or something? Right. They they suck out the money and it goes to shareholders and profit and things. Like, it yeah. doesn't remain in the community. So it's it like goes a to the states. So what's right. the best fix? No multi-state. You know, limit it to the state. That way you still have competition within the state. It improves tourism because now, you know, Colorado's McDonald's might be way different than Texas McDonald's. That's a terrible idea. I think people are comforted by the fact that they it's going to be the same and they're, well, no matter where they go, it's going to taste that, like McDonald's. You see where I'm going with, though, right? You, you limit limit the power that a single corporation can have because my my that's thing, not fixing capitalism though no 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 i'm just saying like i don't know if you guys have ever used we have a little asian supermarket here and the thing that i preempted was people would say if if walmart didn't have the ability to buy all of its shit in bulk and whatnot the prices would be higher but you go to you know these little one-off shops that aren't chains and the prices aren't that much different than Walmart. Like, sure. It, it's going to be a little bit more, but it's not, you know, twice the price. Right. You're, you're paying part of what you're paying extra for is to support a local business rather than giving to a corporation that sucks it out. So that's, it's, it's like a, I don't know, a non-corporate tax or a non-douche tax or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, ultimately, the money would all stay in state or the profits would all stay in state. And I, I'm not saying this was as a meant to, Oh, we're going to fix capitalism. I was just saying as in the state that capitalism currently is, this could be a potential fix to eliminate some of the problems. It could help put things in there, uh, move yeah. things in the right direction. The, help, I mean, help, problem, help the pendulum and, swing the other way. My only thought on this, John, is the problem is, is you're just going to have people moving uh, you know, oh, well, okay, so I'm Walmart. 
I'm just going to pay someone to live in Colorado and run my Walmarts for me. Well, it's not going to change anything. Not... Potentially, no. But my, my thing was, and, and it was mostly for like the fact that there's only like three companies that own all fast food restaurants right now that, you know, most local restaurants do not survive because of these mega chains. Same with well, they need to get better then. But that's not possible when you it, can't it, they be, it, be, it becomes so cheap. Like they're sh- they're shoveling this horrible slop filled with chemicals. It's not food, but it's so cheap. It's easier. It's cheaper and more convenient than buying something more expensive but, that's healthier for you. And you can and cook. it's delicious. If you're hammered, that's the <laughs> only. That's, if if you're excited to eat, something's wrong. If you're sober, but, can I just say that? Can I throw that out there? My point would be, and I, I, I'm hoping you can see where I was going with this. If this was an, uh, something that could be implemented in a correct way, the the competition of local businesses could be would be better. Like you cannot have a local business that does, uh, you know, any sort of retail goods, and expect to survive with a Walmart or anything else close by. Well, but under that I under that theory, you would have to shut down e-commerce, and that's not going to happen. So, well, you, says who? you're kind of fighting yourself because e-commerce can't exist in a single state. Why not? So you're gonna you, you'll you'll sit there and tell me that if we had the money and bought a warehouse, filled it with a bunch of shit, and said, "Hey." You know, we're only we only deliver to Colorado, but we'll deliver it same day. Yeah, but that makes you a statist, and I don't, you know, I'm not cool with that. <laughs> yeah, because it would work, and you wouldn't no. be dumping all of your money to overload Bezos. I don't. I'm not. I'm not into that theory. I think it needs some. Uh, it needs some more thought. Oh, by the way, Bezos is a dick. <laughs> anyway, you just carry on. But I'm glad needed. we could get that into this episode. It needs we to haven't, be said. I think we missed it last week, so we had to throw one in there. Just in case you forgot, which I know you didn't. You're just mad <laughs> I fix capitalism. No, I totally disagree. <laughs> I disagree with your whole statement, and we could talk about that later. But I think right now we should go over to Kirk's Corner. Lighten things up a little, Kirk. Let's go. All righty. Let's go for some in to Kirk Corner. What do we got? All right. There's a new green thing. What is that? Like a plant? (laughs) It's Pinocchio. (laughs) I, I had the idea as a joke, and then I was like, I, yeah. That that's what it ended up as. Nice. You know what? I'll hook that up to my monitor so I can see that, and then I'm <laughs> sure I'll chuckle more. Oh, but you have a martini. Oh, hey, that's at least liquid. That's hey, look at that. It's going in the right. Like, it's so much more isn't... liquidy than ketchup. <laughs> I mean, more. Unless it's at the very end. Um... <laughs> but Kirk, we've discussed this, and martinis are gross. So. Yeah, they, no. I was in I was in college and I I 
that was I ordered a James Bond martini, and that was a tough. Oh, <laughs> that's a tough drink. Just ugh, olives and ew. Took a while. Yeah, see, I I don't do the olives, but I I like martinis, but I like the vermouth, gin and vermouth. All right, well, once again, you're, a, you're wrong. It says a lot. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, hey, well, for Kirk's Corner, I it would be it's. Uh, I had an idea to to. It was another comedy edition. I thought like kind of comedy tidbits uh, over the years. Um, and I thought I'd give you guys um, hosting tips. If you guys thought about doing comedy, probably the first paid gig, most likely you're going to be hosting. So I thought I'd just kind of talk about that um, because it's it's not just going first. It's like a different mindset. Um, because have you guys, you guys, like I, one of the first places I ever hosted was at, in Looney's in Colorado Springs. John, have you been there? That's in your your city. I know of it. I've never been to it. It's like on a cat. You've never been. Oh, well. So anyway, if you, so if you, if you're a, a comic and you, that's probably going to be your first paid gig. Like it's just you and you're introducing two other guys, like a, you know, feature and a headliner and some clubs, it basically just your job. It's your, it's your party and you're introducing your friends. And you'll cry if you want to. Well, you, if the show goes badly, but it, you know what I mean? Like, and like as a, as an opener, like you gotta be like, that's what you gotta have clean material. So you gotta like write stuff that's not offensive. Like it's, you guys would be amazed. Some of the clubs are so particular, like the, you work for chains and they're like, um, the opener uh, can say shit, but he can't say fuck. The middle guy can say fuck, but he can, he can, has, he can say it less than five times. Headliner, you got carte blanche. Like it's, it's so it's like, there's gotta be like a build and my base, it's kind of like the way I would describe it is like, if you showed up to a house party and you walk in and somebody runs up and goes, Hey, um, I've just uh, loaded up some, we got some heroin going and then uh, the hookers are coming over later. You're like, Whoa, let me get a drink first. Let me try some dip. Right. You know what I mean? Like you have to, uh, you can't be so offensive or gross or disgusting up top like you gotta like ease them into the night and like you're setting it up for the other guys does that make sense you guys following yes okay um and it's just another this is, this is it's just this, as someone who's seen a lot of shows like when you're hosting you say the comics name at the end you wait to the end like i've like, you know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to go like, everybody get up for your next comic. That's how it's supposed to go. You know what I mean? Like, and people will go like, your next comic, Joe. Boy, he's funny. And then you see Joe start to go to the crowd, onto the stage. But then like, wait, he didn't say my name yet. And the crowd is like, just confused. So just say it at the end. You know? <laughs> it's so, it's just, it's so funny. Like, and just another thing about hosting is, um, if you're doing like an open mic and there's like a bunch of comics, just keep it rolling. Like just keep the, your, your thing is the best compliment an open mic host can get is good show. Cause that means you kept it rolling. You didn't talk in between and you just like kept them coming. Cause like basically like you do your setup front. And then if you do material in between comics, the crowd looks at you like, why didn't you just tell us that at the beginning you had a whole, and then so you're just dragging out. So just as a host, the fun thing to do is just whatever the comics big joke was, whatever they 
if it was, you know, it got a big reaction, it was shocking, it was gross, it bombed, whatever their big thing is, if you could tag it up and then just keep it moving. You know what I mean? It's just that's that's what you want to do. You guys are just you guys are bored into silence. You're just sleeping. (laughs) We're listening. That's all we're doing, Kirk. (laughs) All right, all right. Um Yeah, so just I don't know. Just keep it, yeah. Do your time up front, keep it moving. And just um yeah, like I said, it's if you're having fun, they're having fun, kind of thing. So just like I said, it's not it's just 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 pick the right material to be likable, clean. Like I said, it's it's you're hosting a party and you're just setting a stage to have a a, a fun, silly night. All right. So there's there's Kirk's corner. That, that was that was the comedy advice. So I don't know, any questions, follow-ups, any uh further debate. No, every time we get some comedy advice from you, it's always it's a little refreshing just to get a little bit of uh, insight into what it's like to be in the comedy world. Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys, you guys know your space and technology and stuff, and this is kind of like the what I so yeah, just trying to share it. So once again, if you've thought about going into three D printing, here's some advice for you. If you've thought about trying comedy, here's here's some tidbits that I picked up. So hopefully that helps some youngster out there who just wrote his first dick joke you know (laughs) of which there's many yes there's gonna be a lot it's gonna be (laughs) just you're gonna write a lot of bad ones just there's gonna be a couple but just write occasionally write something other than is my best advice too (laughs) (laughs) oh i gotta redo my whole set then <laughs> right it's just they get bored okay like if it's all about that you know like i remember one guy i told him i go just next time just uh 50 less shit jokes just not just <laughs> not the whole thing i know it's fascinating to you but just just let's cut her in half and then we'll go to a quarter but it's uh the power chords the power chords of early comedy all right well then uh kirk let's get let's get the hell out of kirk's corner right we're, we're leaving we're leaving. We're on our way out. Ah, back to the podcast studio in space. Right. Yes. Still no flies, by the way. Just saying. Keep forgetting. I, I'm going to write a note right now. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Glad you could keep going with that, Kirk. If you could put the flies in like a little space costume, that's that may be more work, but that it's <laughs> like a little, you know, little, little classic helmet in the space. <laughs> All right, well, it's the time of the night. Let's go off topic, uh, close out the show. I'll go ahead and start this week. I have an interest, well, I think it's interesting, but. So did I don't know if you guys have seen these, but I just stumbled across them. So they started making bulletproof uh, clothing that is not like a vest that you would see military or police wear. Is like that casual, is casual wear, the, like a right. like a golf shirt? Yeah, like they have polos, hoodies, <laughs> jackets. Oh, that, that's that's. Hilarious. that's yeah, it's definitely a commentary on our, our current times. We realize so many people are getting shot on an average basis that why not be casual while taking a slug? Dude, so one of the companies that I saw uh, when I was turned on to these, the guy who made the company makes their jackets that are 
as we said, bulletproof. But he actually tests them himself from time to time. And people who work there at the factory have to test them as well. See, wow. that's... Uh... Faith in product, yes. And a little bit, you know, illegal. Uh, there's actually a video on YouTube of a guy. He point-blank shoots a dude with the revolver in the jacket, and the guy didn't even flinch. He was like, oh. It it kind of felt like a little finger flick. That's got to relieve some tension around the office. I mean, how many people would you want to shoot? So if you could shoot somebody you worked with and not, <laughs> it's okay. I think it would release some, uh, just saying, could bring people together. I Damn take it, it, Jerry, stop doing that. Bam. All right. All right. See, I just don't, I don't buy it. Which part? Uh, any of it. I think it's great. If you believe in something specifically. Yeah, but I don't. It sounds like something someone made up. Because I, I, I get where you're going at, but you can't make bulletproof stuff that's like that. Look that on. would stop. Now, I mean, maybe a blank. Don't get, don't get me wrong. It's not for like an assault rifle. I mean, you know, it's it's so not what are they designed with like twenty two slingshot. It was a it was a nasty <laughs> look. It was a nasty yeah, look. I was gonna say, yeah, you'll be protected from all the uh, the fucking <laughs> rodent hunters. Now, they've they've rated they've rated some of these clothes up all the way to forty five. You know those rubber bands you, and the paper clips. You see no, where I'm getting it with, right? Like you cannot take a point blank gunshot without some sort of recoil li or liability. Well, yeah. The bigger the gun is, apparently it does, you know, it's going to hurt. It's just not going to... Because it hurts with regular bulletproof stuff. Yes, it's going to hurt. It's just not going to pierce is the key. You get a bruise, but not it. a bullet hole. Yeah, I... I've seen some of the stuff being tested. It's it's not. I think it's awesome. That's all I'm saying. I I saw it. I thought it was cool. I liked it. Watched the video. Take it as you will. Like the one I found because I googled it. Uh, it's just a bulletproof vest underclothes. You'll have uh, to not... send me the the thing. I'll I'll send you a link. My anyway, go for it. Mine was about how they have programmed an AI to predict uh, 8.9 million different uh, designer drugs. Come again? Designer drugs means so. Uh, the way I understand it is, you know, you have like um, uh, I don't even know the correct way because, you know, I'm so hip and with drugs. Uh, sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, you didn't even know about junk in the titus, you know, so that, I mean, <laughs> clearly you're you're dropping the so, ball in your medical field. It's where they chemically alter the, the 
current drug just enough that it falls out of any legal it kind of moves it from hey this is illegal too it's like technically it's not that's how we got like bath salts and shit like that right like gen- like kind of generics like it's a cheaper version naka it's close enough and kind of in that ballpark well not but- necessarily generic just like yeah you're you're thinking prescription drugs this is like hard drugs oh. so if you if you took meth and you made it somehow chemically different to where it was technically could be used as a window cleaner, but really it's just meth with a different name. Yeah, then... it's it's stuff to to skirt the legal uh, loopholes and like a lot of it's with uh, what's the there's one that's floating around right now that's marijuana based. I can't think of what it is. But it, it it's under that same thing. It's completely legal because it's not technically marijuana. It's a synthetic compound that's close to. So the AI is supposed to predict that? Yeah, so the the, the what I've understand is they were like, Hey, predict all the designer drugs that might happen. And so it predicted eight point nine million. The thought is now that they can they have the potential 8.9 million different combinations or chemical combinations that could be used. Um, they can say, Hey, all this shit's illegal to prevent, you know, someone from making meth 2.0, selling it and making a shit killing. ton of money before it becomes illegal and killing a bunch of people. Yes. Oh, technology. Look what we can do. Predict drugs. Hard-earned taxpayer money <laughs> at work. <laughs> it's right. Canada, too, so not even our taxpayer money. Oh, well, never mind then. Go for it. <laughs> a? Hmm. All right, Kirk, what do you All got? Right. Let's uh, let's silly it up a little bit. Let's. I, my story is about Ripley's Believe It or Not is uh, collecting human hair at a Florida expo in an attempt to set the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest ball of human hair. The current record is 167 pounds, set in 2008 by, say it with me, Missouri barber Henry Coffer, the Coffermeister. You guys know him. Everybody knows him, right? Kirk, I dubbed this story gross. <laughs> you don't, but no, hot. It's only eight. It's he's only up to 100 pounds. It was 100 pounds in 2019, so they still need 67 pounds. Just hair, like you can offer up your hair, you can go cut it off and make a hair. Like to me, this just I don't know. Florida has this is a perfect Florida story because there's just too much time on their hands. If, they, if you're collecting this much hair, I don't know. Seems like cats are insulted. Like, hey, this is what we do naturally. You guys are stealing our shit. I think a giant hairball of other people's hair. It's just right. a little gross. That's all. All right, not a fan. John, <laughs> and you're just, you're stunned in silence. It's interesting. <laughs> Believe I, it or not, from Ripley's. Yeah, well, guys, that's hey. it. Yeah, it's 10.15. I think we can wrap this show up. And, uh, you know, decent show. Talking about conspiracy theories. And, John, 
huge downer on all my conspiracy stuff. Just to throw that out there. I can say the same. I fixed capitalism. You, you... No, you didn't. You only <laughs> think you did. Let's talk about it, but not right now. <laughs> uh, Kirk, anything else to add to the show before we sign off? Uh, no, I get, uh, have a uh, good Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of stuff because we won't oh, talk yeah. to you until after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Our next Save show us will... the leftovers. Our next hmm. show will be on Black Friday. Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. All the everybody will be in a coma from not shopping except online and eating a bunch of food. So you know, I worked the night before. Oh, me too. Yeah. But you know what? We'll be slinging out deals of interesting commentary and fun. That's what we'll be offering. <laughs> so come join yes. us. We are the six legged Thanksgiving turkey of podcasts. Oh, great. Oh. Like Bi- Biden was supposed to pardon us. I was like, no, no, I want those dead. I want that, them dead. That sounds too human centipede for me. Let's, let's not. That's Monday or Thanksgiving football. They do a six legged turkey. Oh, that's right. John Madden. Yeah. John Madden gets turkey leg, but there's six of them. Not saying it's not weird, it's just <laughs> tradition. That's all. Okay, speaking of that, we were ending I, the show. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Good. All right, well, for me, John and Kirk, everybody, thanks for listening. We will be back at you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Lots to be thankful out there. And everybody, go boldly, friends. <laughs>